0: Can we get a shout of praise to the Lord? If you're a believer in this house, can you give a shout of praise to the Lord? Come on, if you're a believer in this house and you're an overcomer by the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony, can you give a shout of praise to the Lord? Thank you, Lord, for bringing me through. Thank you, Lord, for being the God of more than enough. Amen. Just turn to your neighbor and tell them something nice, like I'm glad to see you this morning or... Uh, You look really nice. Thank you for being here. It's good to see you. Glad that you're here. So good to see all of you. If you've done something on this fast, you've missed a a Coke or a sweet or you've missed some media or whatever, you've you've done something. You've done a little something. I just want to wave your hand at me you've done a little something isn't that great thank you thank you and all of you that didn't do anything you're not getting a demerit your name's not being scratched out of the lamb's book of life but we do appreciate every one of you that were involved we're already feeling the effects of it here this morning amen don't you aren't you thankful for what you feel in this house today amen Yo, I couldn't believe it, but Ella was singing. And when we came, when Janet and I came, Ella was three. And today she's 15. So, Ella, happy birthday to you, girl. You're... So her little sister, Layla, said, I'm going to make her a toilet paper sash. So I was like, okay, well, but I think she got a little bit better, an upgrade. But, Ella, happy birthday to you. I'm going to talk to you this morning just out of my spirit, because I'm just kind of eat up with this. But what I want to tell you is, how many of you, let me explain, and then you can raise your hand. How many of you ever watched any type of entertainment? And it started in, let's say, 1959. And then, say, seven minutes into it, it jumped to 1974. And then it went back to the original and then it, and you had to stay with it. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Anybody ever watched something like that? It kind of started here and then went here and then came back here and then all the way over here. Okay. So I'm just giving you fair warning. That's the way it's going to be this morning. Okay. So you're going to have to stay with me. All right. So can you do that for about 35 to 40 minutes? Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your people. Most of all, I thank you today for your presence, because your presence is so rich in this room. And Lord, I pray for the next few moments that you would help me to encourage and to edify the body of Christ through your written word and let it be spoken into our hearts. And may we receive it in Jesus mighty name. And again, everybody say amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Now, what I want you to do, if you have your Bibles, I want you to go to the book of Genesis. I want you, if you will, to look at Genesis chapter one. We're going to look at verse 26. And God said, let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on The earth. Here's what the scripture says. It tells us that God made man and woman, male and female in his own image. So if you believe that, then what that means is this, that Adam was a son of God. And because God is a king, do you agree that God is king? So since Adam was the son of God and since God is king, then don't you think that makes Adam royalty? Okay. so Adam was royalty and he was God's ruler in Eden. Now, I want you to go and look on the screen if you don't have your Bible to the book of Psalm chapter eight and verse five. The writer was writing not only about Adam, but he was also writing about all mankind. Here's what he said. For you have made him, who's him, mankind, a little lower than the heavenly beings or the angels, and you have crowned him with glory and honor, and you have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands and here it is you have put all things under his feet if you're with me say amen Amen. and because Adam was made in God's image it not only gave him abilities but it also gave him status God crowned Adam with what? Honor and glory. What does that mean? It means that Adam is God's kingly representative on the earth. Do you agree? Now go to 1 Peter 2 and 9. The apostle Peter tells us, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a his own special people that you might proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Now, I know, ladies and gentlemen, that this is hard for us to wrap our mind around, Because we look at our flesh and we see our flaws. We see our baldness. We see other flaws in our flesh. Then we look at our past and even look at our present and we see our mistakes. We see our shortcomings. We know that oftentimes we don't do it exactly the way God would have us do it. And because of that, we feel unworthy. Can I get a witness? All of us in this room, your pastor included, because we look at our flaws in our flesh and we look at our mistakes, past and present, we just feel that we're unworthy. But as adopted sons and daughters, we not only have abilities that place us above the animal kingdom, We also have a status as sons and daughters of God. So that means we are a royal priesthood. That means we are a holy nation. You may not feel holy this morning, but if you put on the Lord Jesus today, you are holy. You may not feel righteous, but if you... Put on the Lord Jesus, you are righteous. So it does not matter necessarily how you feel or how flawed you are in your flesh or even the mistakes that you make when you have made those mistakes. God says you can come before the throne boldly to ask for grace to help in the time of need and he renews that righteousness upon your life. And you are declared righteous, not because of what you or I have done, but because of what Jesus did on the cross for us. Can I get a witness? Now, when we get the revelation that we are royal sons and royal daughters and we are crowned. I put this crown on me. This is Molly's crown. That she won at Railroad Festival. I put it on me and I look stupid. So I'm not going to do it. But every one of you. Where's Molly girl? Come here, please. Hurry. Sweet baby girl, do you think y'all have just a minute? Okay, baby girl, you think you can put this robe on? You got it? Now wrap it around you. Okay, And now, can I put this crown on you? Oh, yeah. Okay. You need a bobby pin? Mama, you got a bobby pin? So I want you to get this picture. And I'm not trying to take you back to third grade. But we... When we get a visual, it helps us. I want all of you to get a visual this morning that you are robed in his righteousness. And he has crowned you. He has crowned you with what? Honor and glory. Glory. When I've studied this out all of this week, it all goes back to crowning means to be his kingly representative in the earth. Ladies and gentlemen, I know this is hard for us to wrap our mind around. But when you wake up in the morning and you put on the Lord Jesus, you have just put on righteousness holiness authority you are an overcomer by the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony you have been crowned with glory and honor you are royal now i know when you look at the zits on your face you don't think there's nothing royal about that but god doesn't see your flaws he looks beyond your flesh And he goes back to the finished work of Calvary. And that's how he sees you. He sees you as sanctified and justified. And he already sees you sitting in heavenly places at his right hand, which is the hand of authority. This is Ephesians 2 and 6. Here it is. And raised us up with him. And seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now, if I kept reading, it would say far above all principalities and powers and might and dominion. The way you see yourself is one thing. The way God sees you is another and this is why I keep saying if you can get transformed by the renewing of your mind you can start walking away from some of your past and saying I can't do it, I'm not enough I'll never get there because then you'll start speaking what his word speaks over you see I gotta preach this morning because the enemy is always about pushing you down, telling you what you can't do, that you're not enough you're not smart enough, pretty enough educated enough and he just keeps pushing you down the good thing about god is he keeps lifting you up i know you was a sinner but i gave you my salvation i know you couldn't earn it but i let you have my righteousness and i have seated you in heavenly places and that that makes sense had an individual text me yesterday and he, I asked for permission to use this because he shared it with me. This person, he's in, he's in this room. He said he was praying. He was actually shaving, he said, and he was praying. And his prayer was, God, give people the revelation of the mighty God in Christ. He said it. The Spirit spoke to him and said, what we need is a revelation of the mighty God in us. Woo! Oh, that's really good. See, we, we, we think about the mighty God in Christ. But God wants to give us the revelation of the mighty God in us. Because when we, ladies and gentlemen, get the revelation of the mighty God in us, then we get a revelation of the origin of our authority. Hey, okay? I'm going to explain it. Uh, If you read from from Genesis to Revelation, you will see a pattern of how God thinks. Okay? I'm going to share it with you. Number one thing that God wants. If you would reduce the entire Bible to one word, it would be relationship. The first thing, all the way from Genesis to Revelation, that God wants is relationship. Do you agree? The next thing that He wants is a place to meet with man. Okay? It's gonna take me a minute. I want you to go back to Genesis 1 and 27. First thing God wants is relationship with you. The second thing God wants is to be able to meet with man. Here's Genesis 1 27. God created man. Okay. He wants a relationship. Now in Genesis 2 and 8. This is the first time, ladies and gentlemen, that Eden is mentioned. Why is that important? God created Eden because he wanted a place to be able to meet with his royal son and royal daughter. Why is that important? Because God desired a home on the earth just like he had a home in heaven. I know it's going to take you a minute to think about this. Eden was God's home on the earth. And I think I can prove through scripture that Eden and the earth are two different things. Let's go back to Genesis 1 and 28. It says that the earth needed filling. Eden and earth must be different because after the fall, Adam and Eve were expelled from it and they had to live elsewhere. The distinction between Eden and earth helps us to see that God created man and woman with purpose. The purpose, you don't ever hear this talked about. The purpose of Adam and Eve was to make the earth like Eden. That would have been their purpose. The Bible doesn't call the earth perfect. It calls it good. Are you still with me? The ESV Bible calls Eden. It was like a royal park. So let's say it like this. God's royal son and daughter, Adam and Eve, lived In a royal park called Eden. They cared for it. But the rest of the earth needed to be conquered and subdued. And to walk in dominion. God could have done it himself. But he chose to create human representatives to do it for him. So here's the question. What does God need with people? And the answer is, ladies and gentlemen, God doesn't need people. I want you to look at Acts chapter 17. And the God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by hands. Let's go on. Nor is he served by human hands as though he needed Anything since he himself gives to all mankind. I do not want to hurt our feelings here this morning, but I'm here to tell you, God doesn't need anything from us. He just doesn't. He is complete within himself, but he created us because he wanted us to enjoy a relationship with him. And to be able to meet with Him. And to hear His voice. And to be in His presence. Because God wanted sons and daughters. To rule in authority over the earth. And to help create Eden in the earth. God's image bearers. Were to mirror The Maker. I'm going to say that again. God's image bearers were to mirror the Maker. God wants you, ladies and gentlemen, to be His expressed image in the earth, not broke, busted, disgusted, depressed, and sick. He wants you to understand that as a believer, you are crowned with glory and honor. You wear the robe of righteousness, and all things are under your feet. See, God wanted the earth to reflect Eden. I'm going to say it again. God wanted the earth to reflect Eden, just as now he wants earth to reflect heaven. Where do you get that? Matthew 6 and 10. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. Where? On earth earth, as it is. It means God has a will in heaven that he wants done on the earth. And though he don't need us, he has chosen to partner with us as his representatives. And when we get the revelation of who we are, some of you are going to stop allowing the devil to beat you up. And you're going to realize that, guess what? I'm crowned with glory and honor. I wear the robe of righteousness. In God's mind, I'm seated at the right hand of God, which means the power of Christ is working in my life. So guess what? We have the authority to do. Satan, you are trespassing on God's property because God wants me to be the head and not the tail and above and not beneath. I am the royal priesthood of God. Are you still with me? Okay. Now, sadly, there was sin in Eden and a long war Ensued against God's original intention, and it's still going on. Now, you got to stay with me. The rebellion happened at Babel. Okay, sin came in the garden, but the rebellion of mankind happened at Babel. What they wanted to do was Everything that I have studied has told me that what they wanted to do was they wanted to build this tower because they believed the spirits of God would walk down this tower to come to them. So basically what man was wanting is he was wanting God to come down to his level. And then the next thing I learned was is that they were not fulfilling God's command because God wanted the nations to go into the world and replenish it and subdue it. And to have dominion. So there's a couple of reasons now why God got upset. And I can prove through Deuteronomy chapter 32 and verse 8. It tells us that God divided up the nations. And he divided their languages. And that's how they begin to disperse throughout the land. If you're still with me, say amen. amen. Now, because God divided the nations, he decides I'm going to start a new nation. Okay. I know this is like a history lesson, but you need to get it. So he says, I have divided the nations. I'm going to start a new nation. And just like I wanted... Adam and Eve to rule in Eden. And I started it with one man and his wife. I'm going to start this new nation with one man and his wife. And then he looks at Abraham and he says, Abraham, all of the nations shall be blessed because of you. Why? Because through Abraham's seed, his seed was going to produce the Messiah. Who in time would pour out his spirit at Pentecost. And the very thing that God divided at Bible. He started to bring back unto himself on the day of Pentecost. Yes. Can I keep talking to you? Okay. So now God raises up this new nation called Israel. And he wanted Israel now. To be a reconstructed Eden in the earth. I can show you in Exodus 4 and 22, the Lord says, Israel is my firstborn. Okay. So one of the reasons God wanted this new nation of Israel was so that Israel, his chosen people, could begin to build the tabernacle And humanity could once again experience the presence of God. God literally wanted people from all of the earth to come to the tabernacle. So that their sins could be rolled away. And that they could experience the Shekinah glory of God. And so he chose a new nation that was Israel. And He wanted them to build a tabernacle so it would be a reconstructed Eden in the earth. For example, I can prove all of this through Scripture. There is what's called the menorah. The menorah was the lampstand in the tabernacle. And when you study it out, it was built and fashioned in the origin of the tree of life. I can also prove to you through Scripture that there was cherubim's In Eden, they were protecting the place of God. There was also cherubims over the presence of God on the Ark of the Covenant. If you read in Genesis, you will find out that Eden was in the east. If you keep reading in your Bible, you will find out that they had to enter in the east to the tabernacle and all of the temples and all of the synagogues were placed where they had to enter into the east. It all is a reflection of Eden. Why? Because God's original idea was to put man in the earth, crown him with glory and honor, let him be his representative and have dominion and have everything under his feet. Adam messed it up. God said, we're going to try this again. I'm going to call out a new nation with a new man and a new woman. And so that's what he wanted was he wanted Israel to be a reconstructed Eden. Are you still with me? Okay. Now, here's the scripture. Here's what God wanted. This is Deuteronomy 28, 12. And thou shalt do what? Lend unto the nations. Deuteronomy 28 and 12. And thou shalt lend unto the nations and thou shalt not borrow. And the Lord shall make thee head and not the tail. And thou shalt be above only. And thou shalt not be beneath. If you do what? Hearken unto my commandments. In other words, get this if you hadn't gotten anything else. God wanted for Israel his firstborn son. The same thing that he wanted for Adam, his firstborn son. And the same thing that he wanted for Jesus, his only begotten son. And the same thing he wants for his adopted daughters and sons is he wants us to understand we are crowned with glory and honor. We are his representatives in the earth and we as our purpose is to call people back into his presence. This Eden, if you please, this delightful spot in the presence of God. Because in the presence of God, that's where you're Joy is renewed. That's where you can be healed in your body. That's where your life can be saved from sin. Is in the presence of God. Makes sense? But Israel didn't do it. They failed to be the reconstructive Eden. Adam and Eve failed to do it. So they all failed. So God said, guess what? I'm going to adopt a new strategy that will not fail. And the solution was God in Christ. And God in Christ inaugurated this new Eden. And God, through the power of Jesus, he reversed the fall of Adam. And he showed what Eden looked like in the earth. And he used his God given authority to heal the sick. To raise the dead, to give sight to the blind, to cast out demons, to forgive sins, to rebuke the wind and the waves, to bless the five loaves and two fishes, and to raise the dead. He showed us what a reconstructed Eden looks like in the earth. And the reason, ladies and gentlemen, that Jesus' death and burial and resurrection and ascension is so important Is because He wanted to send us the promise of the Holy Spirit so that each and every one of us could become like Him. So that we could have the mighty God in us like God was in Christ. So, I'm going to take you back. Let's go back to Babel. The multiplicity of nations that was represented at Pentecost is a link to Babel. It's referred to in Acts chapter 2 and verse 9. I want you to look at it. So Peter now in Acts 2 is about to preach Pentecost. But there are people from all nations. Here they are. The Parthians, the Medes, the Elamites, the residents of Mesopotamia. Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia. This next one's difficult, but it's not up on the screen, so I'm going to pass it. And then Pamphylia, and proselytes, and Cretans, and Arabians. And here's what they said. We hear them telling in our own language the mighty works of God. Now, this is important. Why? Why? Because what God divided at Babel, He divided the nations. He left them to start a new nation, hoping this new nation would reconstruct Eden. He left them. But at Pentecost, Joel's prophecy starts coming to pass. In the last days, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And here is what Peter is recognizing. The very people that God had pushed away. Now at Pentecost, he is beginning to invite them back. So that he could regather the nations. And he could feel everyone that wanted the power of his Holy Spirit. So that once again so that once again he could give birth to the church and the church would become the reconstructed Eden in the earth and we would get a revelation of who we are, that we have come out of darkness and we are into his marvelous light and he has crowned us with glory and honor. Did that just make sense? And that all the nations of the earth would be blessed because of what Jesus did on the cross. And by pouring out the gift of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. And God would begin to regather the nations. Because God's New Testament church would be the new created Eden in the earth. So here's what it means. And I'm hurrying. It means that Pentecost marked the beginning of an unstoppable march across the known world. And it goes back again to what God wants. God in the beginning wanted Adam and Eve to represent Him with full authority and dominion in the earth. It didn't work. Then he raised up a new nation. He wanted Israel to represent him in the earth. Build a tabernacle where people could come. Their sins could be rolled away. They could feel the presence of God in the Shekinah. It didn't work. Then it worked through Jesus and Jesus showed us the perfect example. But he said, I am still, even though I'm God, I am limited in my flesh. I can only be at one place at one time. So here's what I want to do. I want to ascend to my father. It is expedient that I do that so that I can send back the Holy Spirit. Because what I want is I want there to be all these little mini Edens that are calling people back into the presence of God. And they are taken their authority that God has given them because they're wearing my robe of righteousness they got a revelation hallelujah that they are crowned with glory and honor and they don't have to take anything that the devil puts their way you can say devil you are trespassing because I know who I am I am a royal son and daughter of the most high God did all that make sense OK, now, ultimately, I don't really believe that the church is fulfilling what God really wants. I believe we're 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 falling way short. OK, OK, hey, I just need a few more minutes. When God went to the cross, he purchased, first of all, salvation. That was his whole mission. His whole mission was not to heal His whole mission was to seek and to save that which was lost. Why? Because there's going to be people saved that are sick. There's going to be people that are saved, yes, that are probably maybe even depressed. Not full of joy. Not full of the fruit of the Spirit. They're still going to be saved. But ladies and gentlemen, God wants more for you on this earth than you just being saved. He has come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. God wants you to get the revelation on the earth of who you are, that you are his representative and you, your purpose is to call people back into this delightful spot in the presence of God. And it don't have to just be at church. It can be in the grocery store. It can be in the mall. It can be at the post office. Why? Because God is in us. The mighty God in us wants to heal the sick. Raise the dead. He doesn't want you, ladies and gentlemen, to be depressed. Can you go to heaven depressed? Yes, but that's not what he wants. Can you go to heaven sick? Yes, but that's not what he wants. Okay, so if you're going to put a new detergent on the market that's going to compete with Clorox and pine saw and the other detergents. Your detergent better be able to do something that the other detergents can't, because people already have loyalty to their detergent. Do you agree with that? Here's my point. Ladies and gentlemen, if there is not something different about us, then we are just another church out of the 32 churches in De Quincy. If Jesus, if signs, miracles and wonders didn't follow Jesus, the world would have known him as just another prophet. But because Jesus shows us what our full potential can be. This is what pastor is trying to get a revelation in this church. Many of us are living way beneath what God wants us to have. Why? Because we don't have a revelation of who we are. You need to wake up in the morning and put on the Lord Jesus. And guess what? That's not all. He's also given you armor. The sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Not only that, but you have the breastplate of righteousness. Your loins are girt about with truth. See, what brings you down? Every self-defeating act starts with a lie. Every self-defeating act starts with a lie. The reason why you are depressed is because you're believing a lie. God don't want you to be depressed. But when you take this truth, that's how you combat every lie. Is Guess what? The devil says, you're not enough. Then I combat that with, my God shall supply all of my need according to his riches in Christ Jesus. Then the devil tells you, you're not enough. I read in this word, my God is more than enough. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. The silver and the gold are his. And all the earth belongs to him. Then the devil tells you, you can't be healed. First Peter 2 and 24 says, by his stripes... Ye were, past tense, healed. And then you got the shield of faith. And guess what? You not only have a crown, but you also have a helmet of salvation. And then your feet, you are to walk in peace. You're not to walk, the Bible says, in your feet shod with the gospel of peace in other words you're not supposed to walk in confusion you are supposed to walk in peace peace of knowing that even though this ain't right, I still know who I am. There is a peace on the inside of me that I am a royal son of God where all hell is breaking loose. I got a peace that I know God's word. I've instilled it in my heart. I'm not cocky. I'm not arrogant, but I am confident that God is not a man that he should lie. Come on, we can stand to your feet and give God some praise in his house. Did that make sense? See, when we begin to understand our authority, then we begin to understand our purpose. I'm going to keep speaking it until some of you get it. I am not a beggar, I am a believer. I'm not going to beg God to do what he's already done. I'm going to take my authority. Not in arrogance. Not in, co- not in cockiness. But in confidence of who he told me that I am. I'm going to tell you all right now. This girl right here. Whew, I love this baby. And she knows it. And when she won that crown, I put it in my phone. Queen Molly, it's still in there. And we call her the queen. You're a queen. And she tells us, that's right, and don't you forget it. So give me your credit card to prove it. Y'all know if you're a good parent, you know that there is absolutely nothing you wouldn't do for your babies if it's in your power. Now, let me ask you all a question. Why do you all think that God wants you to struggle? Be broke, depressed, busted, disgusted, upset all the time. You know what he said? He said, listen, I have overcome the world so that you wouldn't be overwhelmed by it. Because I've given you, listen, I've given you everything you need. See, when you look at your flesh, please stay with me. When you look at your flesh, you see your flaws. This is, why, this is why Romans encourage us, don't walk in the flesh. Walk in the Spirit. Lord, I may not feel it right now, but I'm just claiming your word. Last night, y'all, the power and the presence of God came in our prayer meeting. And Psalm 105 and verse 3 says this. I don't know if they can put it up on the screen, but here's what it says. And he brought them out. The psalmist is talking about the children of Israel. And he brought them out with silver. And there was not one feeble, one among them. Now, you may not be able to wrap your mind around this, and it's okay. But I'm telling you, my vision for this church is for there not to be one feeble, one among us. Why? Because we are the royal sons and daughters of God. And He has given us everything we need to overcome. Do you receive this word? If you receive this Word, tell the Lord right now, if you're a believer, by raising up your hands and telling Him, you receive this Word today. Father, Lord, we receive Your Word and we ask You to help it to be more than just knowledge, but help it to be revelation. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Molly. You can just take this... this, Keep that on. Just keep it on. You can go down, sweet pea. Thank you for helping, Dad. Would you all remain standing? As we receive communion today, I'm going to give you a minute. If you do not have communion, would you please raise your hands, brother? Brother? Cameron and Brother David will serve you. We want everyone that wants to take communion to have a cup. You say, Pastor, what about my children? Okay, here's what I will tell you. You're the parent. You decide if you want your child to have communion or not. Cameron, there's some hands in the middle. Brother Steve needs communion. Mr. Bridget over here needs communion. Those of you in the balcony, do you I can't see you because of the lights. Do you have communion case? Okay. Everyone in this house If you need communion, please raise your hand. Brother Gary. Thank you. There's some in the back. Okay, I think everyone is served now. I want to give you an example. How many believe that when you have a meal with someone, you fellowship with them? Do you believe that for the most part? Okay, I want to, I want to bring something to you that maybe you haven't heard before. In a sense, when you have communion, you are sitting at the Lord's table. And you are having fellowship with him. I want you to get this. And when you sit at his table and you have fellowship with him, what you are really saying is. God, I'm going to fellowship at your table and I'm not going to fellowship with the lesser gods and their table. Right. And what I'm going to do, Lord, is I'm going to sit at your table And I'm going to remember your blood that you shed and your broken body. And you know what I'm going to do, Lord? I'm going to call it finished. Just like you called it finished. Because ladies and gentlemen, if you're begging God to work, I'm telling you, He's seated. I got Bible. He is seated. His work is finished. And so now what He wants you to do is He wants you to take as a remembrance. This is to remind you That Christ shed his blood for your salvation. And his body was broken for your healing. And he wants you to remember, ladies and gentlemen, that it's not going to get done. It is finished. It's finished. And you have all of the benefits of Calvary at your disposal. Can I get a witness? So what you're doing is when you sit at this table, you're once again proclaiming the success of the finished work of Calvary. That nothing else needs to be done for your salvation or your healing or for you to be an overcomer. You just start having to believe the word because it's already done. And since I'm eating this meal, Lord, I proclaim that your work is finished. And since your work is finished, help me now as your earthly representative to call people back into this delightful spot in the presence of God because I don't have need of anything as a royal son and a royal daughter. I have everything I need. Would you now take the bread? Would you peel back? Father, I sit at your table today, and on behalf of this great church, we sit at your table, and by taking this meal, we say that we fellowship with you and you alone. And that we will not fellowship with lesser gods. So Father, if there is any sin in us. As the pastor of this church. Lord, I cover this church in the blood of Jesus. And I ask you to forgive us of all sin right now. As we partake of your precious blood and your body that was broken. We are declaring again today that your work is finished. And we have everything we need to be your representatives in the earth. Would you now take the body that was broken for you. Place it in your mouth. This is for the healing of your body. His blood was shed for the salvation. This is his blood. Now drink. Now lay your little cup down, and I want you to declare, I have everything I need. I have everything I need. You are robed in His righteousness. You wear a crown of glory and honor. You have the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit. You have God's authority. Your
1: blood is here for the hopeless and you are seated Your with blood Christ. Is Jesus is enough. Your blood is a shelter in the middle of my storm. Your blood is my refuge. When I'm hurting and alone, your blood is enough, Jesus, it's enough, it's renewed. To the sin-stained life Your blood is healing For the hopeless and broken Your blood is enough Jesus, it's enough oh, oh, oh. Your blood is a shelter In the middle of my storm I'm burning and alone. Your love is enough. Yes, it is. Jesus is enough.
0: demonstrate what we say we believe i know that brother steve needs a touch of healing in his body so here's how this works ladies and gentlemen we don't come to beg god for what he's already done then how do we do it we release the authority that he has given us and we claim healing over him in the name of the lord hallelujah Is it God's will to heal? Steve? Well, sure it is. So we don't have to ask if it's God's will. We already know His will. So we release the power of healing in the name of Jesus. For Brother Steve Mitchell, he fell off the roof the other day, hurt his shoulder. He's going to have to have that looked at. I'd love for the Lord to look at it real good so a doctor don't have to look at it. Wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't, Wouldn't it be great if the Lord just did a healing in this house right here, right now. Hallelujah. I understand that you've been fasting. I have too. And, and if you got to go, I get it. But I'd rather see God do something in the next five minutes than go eat chicken right now. Come on, His power is here. His presence is here. I know it's difficult to wrap your mind around this, but I want somebody as a believer, if you would, I want you to just go Brother, Brother Fontenot, I want you and Sister Kim to go. And I want you to lay your hands up on Brother Mitchell. I want some of you believers, I want you to go and lay your hand on Steve and Janet. And if you need God to do something for you right now and you don't mind somebody laying their hands on you, would you lift up your hand? If you need God to do something for you right now and you don't mind somebody letting raise it, come on, raise those hands. In the name of Jesus. Jesus we come against every tormenting spirit in the name of Jesus we pray for peace in our minds in the name of the Lord Jesus hallelujah hallelujah I'm not gonna let this go I'm just not I'm not gonna let it go you need God to do something in your life. I want you to come up to this front. You need God to do something in your life. You need God to do something in your life. I want you to come up. Sister Vicki, come on. Come on up to this front, please. Sister Vicki's got some things going on in her neck. We want to see the Lord heal. Brother Whitman needs a breakthrough in his finances. Marilyn needs a breakthrough in her body. Sister Boykin needs a touch in her body. Ladies and gentlemen, I know what the enemy will try to do. He'll try to back us up, shut us up, shut us down. But I'm going to just keep coming. We're going to keep preaching because revelation is going to come in this house. And I'm telling you, your sons and daughters are coming back home. Health is being restored finances are being restored and god is not a man that he should lie in the name of jesus do i have some believers here right now that you would stretch forth your hand and on the authority of the name of jesus touching her body right now in the name of Jesus. Father, Lord, I'm praying for my sister that you would strengthen her in the name of the Lord. Let virtue come into her body. Father, I'm praying for that man of God, Brother Walton Baggett, that you would touch him right now in his home and strengthen him and let virtue come into his being in the name of Jesus. Lord, we are believers and we claim on the authority of the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. The mighty God that is in us. Hallelujah. Wanting to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can ask or think. Hallelujah. May the Lord bless you. May He keep you. May you enjoy your lunch today. I want you to walk in the revelation of this word. Everything is under your feet. Hallelujah. Sister Kaylee, Brother Jared's going to sing us out of here. You have a blessed day. Have a great week. Remember who you are in Christ.